we are so excited to join you online. Go ahead, lean in and worship with us today. Hey.
at this time we are privileged to pray for one another and last week if you remember we prayed for Alyssa she's receiving chemo treatments and was experiencing terrible nausea and I'm happy to report that she is feeling much much better it's such a reminder that there is power in the righteous prayer of the body of Christ so would you join me in praying for the physical needs the emotional needs the spiritual needs and the mental health needs of our congregation let's pray God we thank you we thank you that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord we thank you that there is no name above the name of Jesus that the voices of depression and oppression must bow we thank you God that that there is a promise and a healing of the blood of Jesus so Lord we lift up those who are struggling in their physical health those who have been receiving diagnosis, those who feel stuck, those who feel limited. We thank you that the blood of Jesus would wash over them from the top of their head to the tip of their toes. God, we lift up every marriage, those who have, uh, where there's disagreement and tension. Lord, we speak uh, reconciliation in the name of Jesus that the hearts of the husbands would turn back to the wives and the wives back to the husbands. We thank you, God, for unity 
body of Christ. We love you, Lord. And we pray all of these things in the mighty name of Jesus. so great to be with you once again. My name is Luke. This is my friend Caleb. We want to welcome all of you joining online from not only here in the Rochester area, New York State, but all across the world, New York, Michigan, California, Pennsylvania, Washington, Tennessee, Illinois, Connecticut, Maryland, a whole host of countries. All across the world. Oh, the countries are still there. All the countries across the world. Is that yeah, what I yeah, said? Yeah, yeah, Okay. Well, then you named states, which made me laugh. Yeah, I was just, I was bringing it out. Got bringing it. Bringing it, it back in. Going back out. Bring it home. And uh, one of my favorite usernames online right now. Yes. Question mark. Oh. Put it in the chat. What is Leaving your name? A mystery. We would love to know your name. <laughs> Get to know you. Put it in the chat. Question mark. That's right. Super exciting things. Some something goods. We want to wish happy birthday to those in this beautiful family. Carrie Robinson, Bioletta, happy birthday. Happy Natasha Dela. We also have anniversary. Carlos and Bella. Stop. Their anniversary's today? Yes. So sorry. I forgot. <laughs> well, here's your chance. Happy anniversary, you two lovebirds. Nailed it. And we have First Wednesday coming up this week. This is our first First Wednesday streaming, broadcasting from this campus. So tune in online right where you are right now watching this service. 7 o'clock. We're super excited because we have Nagol. I really fast-tracked her names. Nicole Doily is going to be preaching, which is super exciting, as we continue to lean in and educate ourselves in this season so that we can be a family that loves people well. And we're also going to be doing communion. So between now and Wednesday, make sure you grab some supplies so that you can do communion with us through this stream. What else was I going to mention? All about, oh, I'm so excited for this. 
at the end of service, Luke mentioned, Josh and I are going to be yeah. right here for Behind the Message. It's taking a little bit of a turn because in this series all about habits and how we live our days is how we live our lives. And we want to live a day and a life that reflects one that loves God and loves people. One of his habits that he's going to be working on in front of Josh's. all of us. Yes, not you. You're probably good at this. Breaking up with your phone. Oh. Josh is not good at oh, this. Oh, we all know how this story ends. So this is going to be incredible. Week after week, I'll be interviewing him and getting some weekly updates. And you can try along with him and see how you do with that very thing. And don't forget the power of the share is in your hands. So take this link, share it around on your social media. Watch church with somebody that you love, someone that needs this message of encouragement and hope. It is going to be an incredible service. That's You're right. in for an incredible message. So here we go. Hey, Father's House, uh, welcome to church. Again, we want to thank you for being here. Uh, one of the scriptures I love is uh, the Bible talks about how the world of the generous gets larger and larger, while the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Now, the way I think about this, there's two lives that we can live, one with an open hand or one with a closed fist. And one of the attributes of the Father's House that I love is that we live and breathe generosity. And even in the midst of a pandemic, we have stepped up to the occasion. We just want to thank you for your generosity. You've gone above and beyond to make church and building the church in Rochester possible. We want to thank you for that. And maybe you're watching from your home today and you've actually never taken the step of giving. We want to challenge you to say yes to a life of the open hand, a life that says, God, I want to live a generous and large life. And there's plenty of ways that you can give today. Uh, they're going to be right on the screen next to me. You can text to give. You can text TFH to 7977. I don't know if I'm saying that right, so I'm going to stop, but it's on the screen. I'm so sorry. Uh, you can do Apple Pay, Google Pay, and Push Pay is a thing my family and I use. This helps creating habits extremely easy because it can actually set up recurring giving so you never miss a week of living a generous life. So I'm going to pray and we're going to continue with the service. God, we thank you that we can live generous lives. God, we thank that we can live lives with open hands, that we get to build your church here in Rochester. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now check out this video. Good morning, everybody. It is so amazing that you are here with us online. Listen, um, I want you to know that we are one day, one Sunday closer to hopefully all be around the family table because there is something so palatable, so beautiful. Listen, online is a wonderful experience, but I cannot tell you the smell the feeling, the faces, the love, the worship, the familiarity. I think that's why Scripture says don't neglect the habit to meet together because there is something that happens when the family sits at the table and God speaks to us. And I am so excited that soon, very soon, we'll be able to do that. If I can get a little bit more at the top, that will help me. But before I start today, I want you to just know that the Father's House Church family 
I'm biased. I think it's the greatest church family in the world. I've been in many churches and I, I like them. I love us. I'm going to tell you why, because what is so beautiful about this church family and, and I hold every church family in high regard because we are part of the much bigger body. But what makes the Father's house for me so amazing is we have people of so many backgrounds, ethnicities, cultural, language, stories. Oh, as a lady from Jamaica gave me a recipe for jerk chicken. The spices were like 30 some dollars. And when I cooked the jerk chicken, I couldn't breathe. I thought I was gonna see Jesus. But I love Jamaican jerk chicken so much and I'm so thankful because with her strong Jamaican accent, she made it clear how to make this. I love that. That is what this is so all about. It's the beauty of realizing that we as the Father's House Church family has such a unique opportunity out of our diversity to stand together. Can I say it again? To stand together for the humanity of the image bearers of God and boldly come against the sin of racism, injustice, oppression, inequality. Because Psalms 89 says, righteousness and justice are the foundation of God's throne and mercy and truth are right in front of it. And our God is a God of that. And we're a people of that. And no matter whether we are comfortable with the season or not, something unprecedented is happening. And if we believe in the sovereignty of God, we've got to believe that God is agitating the world around us because He wants to fix what is wrong and He wants to bring attention. And listen, I know that this journey is not easy for everybody because we all come preloaded with biases and stories and opinions and and generations of it. But here is the beautiful thing that I can tell you, that we all realize there's work to be done. There's policies that needs to be changed and laws that needs to be uprooted because anything, listen, that diminish the value of image bearers of God wherever they find themselves in the world is not righteous. Anyone that walks around on this planet with fear in their heart because they're of different ethnicity or color that they are not equally safe. That is not right. We can make the world better. And we want you to know that we desperately need God in the midst of it all. I've had people say, Pastor Pierre, why don't you just speak into the situation? And I go like, I so badly want to, but I know this one thing, that it's out of a heart that's been softened by God's Holy Spirit. There's nothing as dangerous as good people with hardened hearts. Because we will come to a table to listen to someone's story and we will not listen because we are forming our opinions and our judgments and our arguments and the people don't feel safe to tell their stories because they know they can't wait for you to be done so they can just tell you theirs. But what is beautiful is when Jesus is in us, He says we are slow to speak, quick to hear. We become kind, we seek to walk in someone else's shoes before we form an opinion of their stories. And here is the thing I want you to know, as the Father's House Church family, I want us to be a people, I wanna be a people that's ready to listen and believe the stories. And believe the stories. So that when we gather around the table, out of that gathering and out of that understanding, 
Restoration and reconciliation becomes an outworking of healthy hearts. So we've been teaching on habits because all of us are a product of the intentional and unintentional habits. And I want to encourage you to listen to last week's habit on framing your day in the start with simple prayers. And today I'm going to be speaking to you, and, and I know I'm too scared to tell you what it is. You're going to go like, yeah, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. But I've got a feeling that the Holy Spirit is going to just keep you pivoted on this because I want to talk to you about the importance of a simple midday prayer and a simple evening prayer so that you understand the significance of your work, no matter what they pay you the significance of your work. So stay with me for 10 minutes. If after 10 minutes I'm boring you to death, go somewhere else, that's okay. But I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit is gonna do something and that the habit of prayer will begin to transform our heart so we can become a voice of heaven and a shiny reflection of our Creator God. So Father, right now in Jesus' name, Give us ears to hear. Tender hearts for one another. For you said, even if we could do signs and wonders and we can uh, uh, prophesy the future, give our bodies to be burned for the sake of others, but have not love for one another, God, it's worth nothing. Our worship is just loud, it's empty. May we love even the ones that are hard to love. Because we are the ones that are hard to love, that you love with a never-ending love. Thank you for hearing this prayer, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to take you on a journey real quick. And the journey I want to take you before we begin to talk about why an afternoon, simple afternoon prayer, and if I say prayer, it's 15 minutes. Simple, simple prayer, evening, 15 minutes. I want to introduce you to God in the book of Genesis when we see God in the book of Genesis, it's amazing. He doesn't come in and tell you how great he is. He's just the God that comes in and he works. We introduce Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the first thing we see that they work six days a week and they rest one. To be like God is to work. And I, I want to make clear, that's why when you read scripture and you see how strong God speaks against laziness and slothfulness, because it is not godliness to work, but many of you go like, well, I hate my job, and it's, they pay terrible, so I ain't working, but, but see, this is where we're going to just take this journey, because work is not about you. It is a greater purpose, so let me, let me take you through this. When God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit came, he, he was a designer, an artist, an architect, he was a horticulturist. He was a gardener. He, he was even the God that got his hands dirty in the mud. And, 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 and he was a God that, that literally got hands deep in creation. And what I love about this whole thing is that we read every day that God created, there is a word, he said, and God saw it was good. It's the word tov, T-O-V. Now, the best way I can describe tov, it's an exclamation of an unexpected joy. In other words, there's this artist, his name is called Jackson Pollock. Now, Jackson Pollock was born, I think, 1927, very famous artist, and his art was quite interesting. We have a picture of Jackson Pollock, and you will see that what he did, put canvases on the floor, 
and he would randomly throw paint on these canvases. He was in control, but he was not. They say you could hear the tov, the oh, when things come together. Now, there was a painting that they're going to show you, and I, I want to show the guys on stage um, what that painting looks like. I, I want you in the chat room to guess how much that painting originally is selling for. Now, you guys on stage know already. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. How much do you think that painting is selling for today? The, the splashing of color. Come on, someone tell me. I, I heard somebody say, my, I think Marley said $27,000. And... Um, I had to disappoint her. I said, baby, it's four million US dollars. Do you know how much tov there's got to be to pay for? Splashing of colors for four million dollars. That's the kind of beauty when God made the Grand Canyon. He said, tov. Whoa, it is magnificent. Rhinoceros, platypus, uh, palm trees. Our God created out of a love not for himself, but who he created it for. There was a joy in it. I love how Job said this. Oh, I love this. He says this. On, on, on what is the footings of the earth set or laid its cornerstone? You don't have the scripture. I have it. It says like this. While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted with joy, you created its beauty. Oh, you know what I'm seeing in this? that God framed his work in love and joy. Is your work framed in love and joy? The second thing is that God's work was not for himself. He had others in mind when he worked. Question is this, do we have others in mind when we work? Because ultimately I think as an artist don't paint for themselves, so when you understand the purpose of your work, you don't work for yourself because you realize that your service and your work, whether you sit in a boardroom or a broom room, whether you, you do big things in man's eyes or small things in man's eyes, listen, everything that contributes to making the world better is worship unto God and service unto others. And one thing that you and I need to understand this is where we depart from the path. This is where our culture depart from the path because if we're not content that our work is for others, it becomes all about us. And when work becomes about us, can I tell you what I think happens? We begin to work to make ourselves look better than what we really are. Now I've got to prove to you how talented I am, how gifted I am. I've got a name drop who I know. You know, I know P. Diddy and 50 Cents, and, and you know, I have hugged the mayor like twice, and, and I begin to name drop, and you bang the table to make your voice louder, louder, and you send snarky emails and load of text messages. Why? Because there is a picking order, and you think the one that is at the highest is the winner of it all. And I got to tell you, when we invert the purpose of work, Instead of working as a way to love and serve other people, we work to climb the corporate ladder so others can love and serve us. Uh, instead of working for the top of God, instead of saying, God, what do you think? What, do you like this? We now begin to the work for the affirmation of other people. 
And how many times have you heard people say this? Nobody appreciates me around here. Nobody cares. Nobody says thank you around here. Yeah, we should do that, but it is a sign that you are working for the tov of man. And can I look you in the eyes and tell you this? There, nobody will ever appreciate you to the extent that you sacrifice. Your kids will never look you in the eyes and give you appreciation for all the diapers you have changed and the sacrifices you've made. So you might as well just get over it and say, God, I raised them for you. That's what I did. That's because you see, there is this beautiful scripture in Colossians chapter three. I like this message a lot because it, it challenges me. Uh, Colossians 3.23, put your heart and soul in every activity you do. And we go like, yeah, at the Father's house, that's what we do, yeah. And though you are doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others, think about that. For we know that we will receive a reward and inheritance from the Lord as we serve the Lord Yahweh, the anointed one. And I'm here to tell you, don't give your reward away by working for the praises of man. Work for the praises of your father that is going to reward you one day. Where people don't say thank you, say that's okay, I know where my reward's coming from. I'm, I'm living for the praises of God, not for the praises of man. But my service is not to self-elevate. It's to serve one another. That is why Jesus clothed, he undressed himself from dignity and glory. He took of Godhood to become a servant. Listen, can I just say this? And if we want to do this, maybe we should not have the special parking places when we deserve it. Maybe we need to realize we are servants because whatever we do in word or in deed, we're doing it for the Lord. So you go like, well, you've preached on work right now and that's pretty awesome. Now, why do we need to pray? I'm gonna tell you. Because every day, I think, starts the same for us all. And I hope with all my heart that you've been practicing morning prayers. I did this morning, 5 a.m. I went out there with my coffee and woke up the birds. And um, it was rainy and I began by doing what I said last week affirming God's love for me that I am not stuck in legalism. I walked down my driveway and said, my beloved is mine and I am his and his banner over me is love. He's brought me to his banqueting table and his banner. He's made a room for me. Lori, irrespective of whether I failed or succeeded, whether I was faithful or unfaithful, my God remains faithful. He has not pulled a seat away from the table. Whether I feel I have done right or wrong, whether I feel I have gigantic faith or I was like Peter that denied him, there is a place at the banqueting table because his banner over me is love. And then I began to speak God's order into chaos. I gave, God, I don't think people are going to come back to church in a hurry, but I pray in Jesus' name, that there will be such sweet water, that your spirit will be like a big magnet. Oh, that there will be a hunger, that we will have a reawakening. Oh, God, change our hearts in the sense of in this season where people get angry when we touch live wires of racism and everybody wants to fight and everybody has an opinion and the internet's full of opinions. Oh, God, may we not be opinion people. Maybe we, we be feet washing people, that we have no opinion until I've washed someone's feet heard their story. That's what I prayed this morning. But then I framed my day. My day is always a framing of a short list of to-dos. You have the same, right? To-do. Today, I'm going to nail it. I'm going to hit it out. Oh, I look at my phone and I've got 2,400 messages unreplied. Somebody saw it the other day. You go like, 
are you for real? I go like, ignore it, it's evil. <laughs> That's the devil, you just don't see it. Um, all the people that need stuff and, and, and you procrastinate and procrastinate, you go like, today, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna nail it out and I'm gonna get through this and my to-do list and the unrealistic sense of what I can accomplish and then I fuel up at Starbucks, I have a triple shot espresso with everything dangerous in it because I'm gonna get through this, I go in there and cocktail of coffee and sheer willpower and a fear to fail gets me to 12 o'clock. When I get to 12 o'clock, I meet my humanity. I realize I haven't even answered two of those emails. I'm another seven text messages behind. I'm not enough. Now I stare down the barrel of expectation. I don't have enough energy to even get to two o'clock. And now I know I'm gonna fail people. I know they're gonna be angry. Now I'm anxious. Am I enough? Should I stay? Should I go? What will I do? And all of a sudden, legalism come back. You know what legalism does? It says nobody's gonna like you because you're not good enough. I wonder if God loves you because you're not a good shepherd, you're not doing enough. And all of a sudden, now I feel his love for me is based on my performance. And you know that is a lie. Listen, it's not what I do because of what I love. If you love me because of what you do, get healed and come back. Because I'm not going to allow you to shape my identity. And you guys should not allow anybody to shape your identity of whether they like you or love you. You stand in a place of being loved by God and loved by people. And we're not going to live under that legalism. But yet, we look at the afternoon, and we know we can't. And in that me moment, we, we feel anxious. You know what anxiety feels like? Clammy hands, racing heart, and you're fearful. This is the moment where a 15-minute afternoon prayer can change your day. What does it mean? If you have a place to be quiet, shut the door. Otherwise, find the broom closet. Find somewhere. Simply lift your hands towards heaven and be present. And the first thing you do is confess. God, I'm making it about me again and my worth again. I've inverted what work is all about. That's why I'm anxious. Because I want to please people. Second thing, God, give me the understanding that my energy today, the rest of the afternoon is worship unto you and service to others. Your grace is more than enough for all that I need. You give me wisdom to do what I need to do and realize there's other things I will not get done. And then the third thing, you say, God, rescue me from legalism. I'm your beloved and you are mine. I am loved. I suck at my job today. But I'm deeply loved by God. You love me, whether I got through it, whether the spreadsheet is balancing or not. You love me. People love me. I will not walk in legalism. Amen. I promise you when you do that, you will feel a shift and a weight lifted again. Because you realize who I'm doing it for and who I'm servicing in. But then comes the evening. And I don't know about you guys, but evenings for me is tougher than afternoons. Because I have strong will. I'm, I'm like 
my wife says, she reminds me of Michael Scott. The moment I get anxious, I go like, let's do something funny. Let's do something stupid. I break it with humor. That's how I get out of my fear. I go like, let's just, let's just break something and tell Ron later. I, I don't know. I just, that's how I deal with it. But evening, there's nobody to be funny with. Evening is a different time. Because evening is the time that requires us to take our hands off the wheel and realize we're not in charge. If you were to ask anybody straight up in this room, are you in charge of the world? Everybody will go like, of course not. But why is it that we are dying young of stress? Why is it that we are always so controlling? You wanna know how people are breathing. Where are you going? How long is that gonna take? When are you gonna watch this? Control, control, control is a sign of fear. And at that moment, we've gotta realize we sing, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole, but we don't believe anything that we say. And we go like, he's got the whole wide world, but I'm helping him out in his hands. He and me got the whole world in our hands. You see, at night, things don't look as simple at night as it looked in the morning. It's amazing how dark things become in the shadow. What was clear in the morning? now becomes doubtful at night. What we thought we were gonna do in the morning now becomes, oh my God, now I'm seven years behind. Whatever we thought was gonna happen in the morning becomes quite different at night. And can I just say this to you? The tree is not as big in the shadow as it is in life. Never measure anything by its shadows. Listen, this is something that God wants to say to somebody. Don't measure anything by its shadows. Don't measure anything by its shadows. You are measuring your marriage at night. There's shadows. It's not as big a problem as you think. You are measuring your worth in the shadows. You are measuring your finances in the shadows. Stop measuring stuff when the sun goes down. You've got to trust God. Oh, that's a good word. Somebody should tweet the heck out of that and make a t-shirt. You see, but here is the thing that I shared this morning. And I know everybody has that. Somewhere when it gets dark, there's voices. And this is not medically induced voices. This is the inner voice. Begins to talk. And I said this, if somebody had to tell me in my face what my inner voice tells me when it gets dark. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm five, five, seven, I'm actually five, nine in real life <laughs> with lifts. But I, I will, I will, I will, get arrested for what I would do to a person that will say to my face what I allow my inner voices to say to me at night. Because my inner voices tell, tells me, you're not enough. It's filled with severe self-judgment. It begins to ask the question, what is the meaning of life? Have you ever asked yourself, what are you doing with your life? What are you preaching? Do you even believe in that? What are you doing? Why in Rochester? 11 months of snow, two weeks of, of sun, right? Get out of here. We can't escape the desire to escape. And it's not of God. It's anxiety. It's fear. Now I don't want to spend too much time on this because I think most people self-medicate in one way or the other. And not all of it's destructive. It's distracting. 
But there's people that have destructive medication. It's distracting to watch 400 seasons of Netflix. Play something because this is getting heavy right now. It's not bad, but nobody has watched 900 seasons of something and say, I feel intellectually alive. <laughs> nobody. I build build, build, build birdhouses because I like doing stuff with my hand. I counted, Luke, I have 37 nests on my property and all of them are occupied. I wish I could have them pay rent. I would be rich. They go through a bag of seed a day, but I'm okay with it. I'm gonna put fence over it and sell tickets one day. It's what I do, but it's an escape. It's wanting to quiet all of this. Other people drink something, some drink more. Some drink far too much. Other people put their eyes in misplaced moments that becomes an entrapment. Not everything's destructive. Some of you exercise and over-exercise. But you see, here is something that I want you to know. It's not what you do, but it's what you're trying to get away from. Because Hebrews chapter 4 says this. I love the scripture. I'm almost done. That is why as long as that promise of entering God's rest remain open to us. We should be careful that no one of us seem to fall short ourselves. So if God prepared a place of rest for you, Lori, and those who were given the good news, and that's you, Lori, didn't enter because you were fearful in your unbelief. Don't worry, Lori that place of rest remains open for you. Do you know what I love about God? I love the God that's not filled with legalism. That doesn't say, okay, Naji, you've got two minutes to get in, otherwise you're out. Because I, I was raised with a God that quickly removes your name. Did you go to movies? Your name's out of the book of life. But it was a Disney movie. And then, then we repent and then my name's back. And, and I'm crying. I'm so thankful. And then my mom said, did you eat the cereal? And I lie. I say, no. And then, oh, psh, 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 his name is out of the book of life again over Cheerios. Then I'm, I'm like, so sorry, Jesus. I lied. Okay, your name is back in the book of life. I think there is a hole in the book of life where my name is and yours. But that's not how God works. Because the Bible says he's indelibly tattooed you in a palm of his hand. How can he ever forget you? He's mindful that when you were yet a sinner, he loved you and sent his son. That doesn't mean we walk as irresponsible human beings. That means it's from the inside out, not from the outside in. We don't obey laws to be loved. When we deeply love, we want to please God. And he transforms us inside and out. But this is the thing that I want you to understand. I love this about God. The Bible says in the book of Genesis, at the cool of the day, God came and called Adam and Eve and walked with them in the garden. Now, there is a word for that. It's called muzzle tov. Now, tov means good, great. Muzzle tov means this. It is good, destined to be great. You see, there is a part of your day where you and I need to take the day that is good and we've got to shout, Mazel tov. It's good, destined to be great. But now, God of the heavens, 
I bring to you what is yours. The responsibility of my calling and my work as worship unto you. For the God of Israel never slumbers or sleep and he works the night shift. God, this is where I've got to give it to you. Cast my cares and concern on you. And say, I place it at your feet in faith and I'm entering into your rest. Because you love to give your beloved sleep. He says, no good for you to work your finger to the bone, stay up late, wake up early, and that doesn't cancel out diligence. But you've got to understand this. My kids to this day, they're 25 and 22, I think. I've lost track. When they sleep, I calm everything down around them because I love seeing them rest in my home because there is a surrender that there's food, there's protection, there's insurance. I've cleaned their cars probably and filled it with gas because I'm a heck of a good father. I take care of them. And in that moment, their sleep is my delight. If they had to have dark rings under their eyes and they can't sleep and they go like, what's going on? It's like, if, if I don't care for myself, then I know it's over. I'm going to go right. Am I that bad of a dad? So when we frame our day at night, first of all, you've got to walk with God to the end of the day. Can I invite you before you go and watch TV after the kids, everything, your life, would you go outside, put some mosquito repellent on, go walk and say, God, I've come to walk with you. I give you my kids. I give you my husband. I give you my marriage. I say muzzle top of my marriage. It's good, destined to be great. I give you my job. It's good, destined to be great. I give you my kids. They're good, destined to be great. And right now, I lay it at your feet and I breathe the gentle rhythms of grace. I'm going to walk slower and look for birds, look for smells, look for flowers, and enjoy your creation so that I can get rest. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, run and not get weary, walk and not get faint, because it's out of the people whose life has been centered on God's opinion of them. Understand His power to change circumstances. Understand that their energy is worship and service to God. And at night, know how to lay it down and enter His rest. It's out of that people that God can transform a world that needs healing. People never run to frantic people. They run to people that are rested, in the grace of knowing he's got the whole wide world in his hands and he works the night shift over your heart don't go away because we've got a very special song for you right now and I pray as you hear the song that it will be unbranded in your heart and I love these people behind me you guys have been such an incredible audience and encourager this morning father May your loving kindness and grace. Hmm. May this not be good suggestions, but may we have a change of habits. May we practice spiritual foundations that shapes us, transforms us. May we carry the evidence of transformation of Jesus that sits at the throne of our hearts. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.
mistakes before and I've fallen short and done so much more but now I realize how I'm nothing without you by my side so now Lord here I stand How incredible was that? And thank you, Pastor Pierre, for that incredible message challenging us, challenging us on how we should engage in the habits of loving God and praying and using our work 
as a tov unto God. Now here we are behind the message. If you have any questions before we get started around the message, or as we're just about to discuss a habit I'm so excited to watch, here we go. you can text 585-502-8981. That'll come to my Google Voice, and then we're going to try and answer in the few minutes that we have. But to start, Josh, tell us about what habit you are about to embark on for the next few weeks. Do you like that word? Embarked. Embarked. It's a great word. We are going to embark on the journey of me breaking you are. up. I'm with, not breaking up my yeah, phone. I'm going to break up with my phone. Uh, it's also a book that I read a year ago. Obviously, it didn't work. So <coughs> here we are. Here we are. Still addicted in to the phone. Our habit series, and we're going to do it. We'll take the journey together. I'll give you some updates every week. That's yep. right. So here we are, week one. What does first week of breaking up with your phone look like? The key with breaking up with your phone, and I'm an expert at this point, is you you need to charge your phone in a different location. Mm. It's a very easy step. I'm I excited feel like to do it. You need to reframe your sentences to more like yep. conditional types yeah. sentences. Yeah. Because you say it like you're good at this. Oh, yeah, expert. Like, what you should say is, to break up with your phone, I should. I should charge my phone in a different spot. Uh, as Pastor Pierre talked about a couple weeks ago, sometimes the first thing you do in the morning, last thing you do at night. Yep. Horrible habit. Charge your phone in a different location. And I feel like that ties in, and we mentioned this last service, but I personally am someone who I'm, like, all in or all out. Yeah. And so I might look at, like, a morning prayer habit, and I'm, like, forget an 8 a.m. prayer. Yeah. 4 a.m. prayer I makes way more to, sense. As Paul would say, beat my body into submission. That's right. Yeah. So if you're wanting to do that, why don't you try these prayers and try break up your phone yes. at the same time? Because yes. it's just going to be great and so sustainable. Yes. But if you do break up with your phone and charging in a different location, one small step uh, to breaking up with your phone, I feel like it really does help you engage in this morning and the night prayer. Yes, exactly. Where I personally do morning and night Instagram. Yep. And then I do the prayers. We are actively creating space. <laughs> That's right, in space. And one of the habits that we believe here in the Father's House is super important is the habit of community. And that's one habit of loving people. And so if you're uh, tuning in and you're not in a small group, you're not in community, I want to challenge you. Uh, don't keep going on uh, out of, outside of community because we need one another to spur us on, to encourage us, and to help us. And as we engage in habits, uh, the book that Common Rule talks about, there's no healthy habits that are formed outside of community because we need help and accountability to do those very things. We've actually made it pretty easy to join a group. You can actually go to tfhny.org slash groups, and you can join a group today. Our team is really good at helping you find community uh, that you're going to love, that you're going to grow with, and make some friends while you do it. That's right. So last few things. Here we are, week one. We don't have too much to report on, but next yeah. week I'll be asking Josh a few questions on how it went for the next seven days of charging the phone in a different location, and we'll yeah. hear all about how that goes. If you have any questions about how that's going to work, you can text 585-502-8981. And then last two things. Reminder, first Wednesday is this coming Wednesday. I'm super excited. 7 p.m. Tune in here on Line. We have Nicole Doily, who's going to be preaching, which I'm awesome. super excited for. We have live worship like we've been doing because we're broadcasting for the first time, first Wednesday, from here. Awesome. And communion. So make sure between now and Wednesday you get your supplies so that you can do communion in your living room, wherever you're watching, with us so that we yes. can partake as one and, family. Yeah, and don't forget, while you're watching first Wednesday, the power of the share. Make sure you're hitting the share button on Church Online, bottom left-hand corner of your screen. YouTube, it's a share icon. Same with Facebook. Make our reach go wide. It really helps. It helps people find God right where they are at. It's been an awesome weekend. That's right. We cannot wait for first Wednesday. We cannot wait for next week on the Common Rule series. It's going to be a great one. All right. See you, church. We love you.